Welcome back to the World Trade Webcast. Our guest this week is Rita Romalo, manager of the Doing Business Project for the World Bank. Rita, today let's focus on where regulations are the most and least business friendly and what that means for anyone doing business globally. Mm -hmm. So um, we do have a, a ranking, a classification across the 189 economies that we cover. And the number one economy is Singapore. So the place that acro across the 10 areas that we measure when we aggregate them into the ranking, Singapore is the place where it's easier to do business. But there are other uh, places that are where it's almost as easy, at least according to our measures. So in the top 10, we have places like New Zealand, Hong Kong, um, the US, for instance, uh, Korea. So there's, there's places across um, the, the United Kingdom, for instance, too. Uh, so there are places across the globe where it is um, easy to, to do business. There are others where it's also complicated. So at the bottom of the list, we have places like Eritrea, Syria, Syria so which are places that um, the regulations in place or also the conflict situation that may uh, be also occurring make it harder for people to start a business and operate a business. So there is a wide spectrum of regulations and uh, a wide variation across countries. However, there are certain areas where as we, because we've been collecting this information for close to 10 years now, and in some indicators even more than um, 10 years, we see there is a convergence. So countries where it's harder to do business are the ones that are actually improving more over time, converging to the ones that um, where it's easier and more simplified. And one of the areas where we see a highest degree of conversion is in starting a business, um, where the average time has dropped uh, significantly over the past 10 years and narrowed the gap uh, substantially over time. But in other areas, normally things like functioning of the courts, uh, either to resolve a commercial dispute or to solve an insolvency case, it's where there's still a wide dispersion and there's still a lot of work um, to be done. Um, in terms of how, what does this mean for um, people doing business globally, um, our focus is mainly on domestic uh, firms. However, this information can also be used by international firms so they can have a, a sense of what their uh, clients or suppliers have to face on the ground because oftentimes um, international firms also have to deal with the domestic firms that could be either their clients or suppliers or partners in different areas. So it is a useful information for um, anyone doing business uh, across the globe. Excellent, and, and you pointed out yesterday also that uh, there are some implications related to inbound investment. I would think that these rankings might make a difference when a business is thinking about making uh, a, an investment in another company and another country. Um, so I think the, the indicators, as, as the name says, they're indicative of what are the problems that may exist and oftentimes what applies to a domestic firm um, would also apply to an international uh, firm. That oftentimes they would have to go through the same process and maybe even more than what a domestic firm has. So in a way they can be served as a proxy of, um, or can be informative also for uh, foreign 
investors in, in that sense, uh, although that's not the original scope, but in, in, in the end, it can also be part of its usage. Certainly. And, and just looking at Singapore, since, since they have the, the number one position in this year's aggregated ranking, um, is there anything particularly noteworthy about Singapore uh, that you know, would indicate uh, for other countries that were looking for a model that um, mm -hmm. this, is, you know, this is the way to create a business climate that's favorable for your companies? I think uh, Singapore has two characteristics that it's uh, that are quite important and make them number one and I think any country or economy under the in the top ten has that characteristic one is that they use um, as much as possible digital technology internet online services to deal with businesses so you can start up a company online or you can uh, also get a lot of information you need to transfer property online for the import and export you can submit documents online so they use technology to make things efficient and faster and cheaper and then I think the other characteristic that it's quite important also to be in the top 10 or to be number one um, is that they're always trying to improve they're always trying to either learn from other countries from other systems they consult with the private sector they're always trying to see what areas can they do better um, so they don't stop and assume that just because they're number one they'll be there forever and that there's no room for improvement they're constantly trying to uh, do better and that's not just in singapore but i think throughout the um, the countries on the top 10 we do see uh, that type of trend and tendency to actually always uh, trying to understand where they can improve and what can do can they do better very good. And again, uh, for those of you that are interested in more details about the report, uh, visit the World Bank's website. The URL is on the screen. And um, that's all the time we have today. But please join us again tomorrow as we continue our discussion with Rita about the World Bank's Doing Business 2015 report. And for our latest schedule of upcoming episodes, subscribe to us with any of the links below and bookmark this page. All of our previous episodes can be found right here at thinkglobal.com slash webcast. And thanks for watching.